And so I want to talk to you about the truth about shadows. Are you guys ready? Are you ready to have church today? Because you may not have been able to make it to the actual physical building of church today, but we're going to have church right here in our living rooms, or maybe you're at work, maybe you had to work today, you're in your break room, or maybe you're traveling for work or traveling for family, and maybe you're just listening in the car. But we're gonna have church right here. So get ready. I'm gonna put my glasses on because I can't see. And so we're gonna get ready because the truth about shadows, and like I said, this is the breathing room, and my name is Karen Schatzline. And I wanna read with read to you James 1:17. I love this passage because it says, whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God, our Father, who created all the lights in the heavens. He never change, changes or casts a shifting shadow. You know, shadows are just figments of our imagination. And usually shadows are just, you know, they're just as something that looms over us. Some of us have shadows in our lives. Some of us have shadows maybe of past failures or maybe things, the what ifs in our life. Maybe we have shadows of things that have haunted us our whole life that we haven't gotten free of. Well, I want to tell you today that the truth about shadows is that's what they are, just shadows looming over you. And this message today, the truth about shadows, I'm actually taking from chapter four in the new book, Restore the Roar, called Looming Shadows, When the Shadow Looms. Because there's moments in our life that hinder us from our destiny, hinder us from our purpose, hinder us from being and becoming all that we can be because of the things that loom over us out of fear, out of anxiety, out of the, you know, the what ifs that take place in our life. And see, I want you to know, I want you to get this book because this book is a a roadmap of defeating fear and a downloads that God gave us. You know, many of you know that uh, last year, God healed me of leukemia. I was diagnosed with leukemia almost two years ago and walked through a journey of the shadow of leukemia looming over my life every day waking up with that shadow looming over my life and the symptoms and the, the things that that it brought with it and having to declare the word of God and stand on his promises and not allow my spirit, my heart, my mind to be consumed with the fear of what could happen, but to stand upon the word of what God says can happen and will happen. And those are the things we're going to talk about today because can we be honest? I mean, how many of you, man, woman, or child, has been afraid of the dark at some point, has been afraid of the darkness that surrounds you at times. And I think sometimes our misconceptions that we is that we as Christians will never face dark times or that we as Christians will never face difficulties or uncertainties. But can I tell you that I grew up in the 80s, okay? I am an 80s girl. And the 80s, I think, was the era and the awakening of horror films, scary movies, you know, and there was every kind of scary movie that could come out during the 80s came out. I mean, demonic, scary movies. There was, I could list them, but I'd just rather not. And sad to say, I actually 
watched some of those movies growing up. I'm not proud of it. You know, during that time, you know, we all, the teenagers would, you know, at some point watch them. And I think most people didn't see the harm in that at that time. We were blinded or whatever. I don't know. But I watched some of those movies and on occasion, and it would strike fear into my life. Unfounded absurd, illogical fear into my life. You know, I do not condone watching those movies. Okay. I may have watched them when I was growing up, but I have since realized the harm spiritually and emotionally and all of those things, the damage that that causes when you allow. So I made up my mind when I had children that we would not allow those movies into our home those horror movies into our home because here was why children have a blind faith like no one else why would i open a door to fear to come into their life to bring in absurdities and thoughts to rob them of their peace and their joy and their freedom and so i made a decision that my children would not watch those that we wouldn't allow those into our home not out of a religious mindset but out of a mindset that says, what good comes from that? What purpose can that possibly serve in their life, in, in their future, and their, their thought processes, thought process of who they are in Christ? And so we decided that we wouldn't allow that in there. And because of it, you know, I mean, of course, all children are going to walk through different seasons of fear and different things like that. But they didn't have the, the um, absurd anxieties that, you know, so many times I had growing up and the fears of things that children shouldn't even be thinking about. And that's a whole different subject. I could go on and on about that. But we're going to get on with this because it's so sad that as a child, I spent so much of my nighttime clinging to the blanket, pulling it up over my eyes, afraid of something that wasn't even real. And don't we do that so many times, though, even as adults? We cling to our safety blanket of, of this or that afraid of what could happen, what might happen in our life. But so many times when I was growing up, I would lie awake seeing shadows on the ceiling or shadows on the wall or shadows down the hallway, when in reality, it turned out just to be maybe a curtain or a fan or a pillow or, a, you know, anything. It could be a picture hanging on the wall or a door that might be open down the hall. But in my mind, I had created all these scenarios of what it could have been. See, have you ever said to yourself, I feel like something bad is going to happen? Have you ever felt like that? Like you just live in that constant place of something bad is going to happen. And these feelings are the shadows and the what ifs that keep us in the corner, crouched down, afraid. And that's where the enemy wants you today in the spirit. He wants to keep you crouched down, afraid of stepping out into your purpose, stepping out into our destiny. There are so many dreams and just visions and purpose that God has placed in your heart. And so many of us will never step out because we're afraid of failure. We're afraid of, of inadequacy. We're afraid of how we might be perceived or how we might be received. But God's saying, I've given you everything you need to step out of the shadows. 
to step out into what he has. But so many times these feelings have the power to paralyze us, to paralyze us into believing that we are not safe or our future is at risk or that a loved one is in danger. You know, my husband always says it's the paralysis of analysis that we, we think these things are because you know what? These looming shadows of dread and doubt become faint whispers that haunt the soul and bring fear. And as you know, fear is one of the biggest weapons that the enemy uses against us. But once that battle of the mind sets in and takes root, see so many times we don't realize what we dwell on, what we allow into our thought process. And I did a whole teaching on that. You can go back and watch that about, uh, about freedom in our minds and having a sound mind. But once those thoughts and that battle of the mind takes root, it has the power to cage your spirit behind steel bars of doubt, insecurity, and fear. And God wants to set you free because so many of us live in a prison called fear. We've lived in it our whole life, not realizing that the door was never locked, that we had the keys to our freedom all along, that God has placed everything inside of us to walk out into freedom. But the free, the cage of fear seemed safer than walking out into the unknown. And so we have to realize that God's called us to something bigger, something greater. We, uh, Pat and I tell in the book, remember, that fear is just a perceived a learned or perceived aberration or hallucination that grows into an absolute in our life. That fear has the ability to keep you locked up when you were never meant to just survive. You were meant to thrive. You were meant to overcome, to do more than just to just live out your life in normalcy. God called you to rise above and not to be, you know, hidden in the shadows. See, the Bible tells us that we have the power to cast down the attacks of the enemy, to cast down, to cast down the shadows and the imaginations that the enemy brings into our lives. Look at 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. It says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare, warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations. Do you know what that means? Imagination. Shadows are just imaginations in our life, casting down the shadows and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. See, in other words, the Bible tells us that we have the ability, we have the power through Christ who lives inside of us. We don't have it on our own. It's when we invite Christ inside of us that when he resides inside of us, we have the power and the authority to open up the back door of our thought process and kick the devil out, to kick the shadows out, to kick the imaginations out, to say that, no, 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 that doesn't belong there. Those are absurd. Those are illogical. Those are unfounded thoughts. And I can open up the back door and say, get lost. That's what the Bible tells us that we can do. And see, that's exactly the place that the enemy would have loved to have kept Pat and I and our family, our children in when I got given a diagnosis of leukemia, don't you know that that was a shadow that the enemy brought into my life? And I'm not going to lie. You know, I talked to a woman yesterday who was telling me about a friend of hers that had breast cancer and God healed her of breast cancer. They have it documented, but she has to go back to the doctor because they found a spot, some other spot. And the first thing that she thought is that the cancer has come back. 
or that, you know, she's going to have to go through that again. But that is a shadow that the enemy would love to attack her mind with because my God says that he that the son has set free is free indeed, that we don't have to be bound by that. We claim healing, we claim purpose, and whatever the enemy brings, I have strength, I have power, I have the authority in my life to take charge, to take over, and to conquer it. And so I have to admit, a get real moment. I still go every six, you know, every three, then six months to have blood work done. God healed me of leukemia, completely healed me, my blood completely normal, no cancer cells. But when I go back for a checkup, because they're documenting it, documenting it, I would be lying if I said that the enemy didn't try to plant seeds in my mind that the cancer has come back. And what would happen? How would I explain that? But here's the deal, it's not my battle. It's not my, my job to try to explain anything. I live in a place of total abandonment to the one who created me. And I trust him with everything in me. So when those thoughts come in, I do just what I've told everyone else. I take authority. I go to 2 Timothy 1.7 that says, God did not give me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Power to change the atmosphere, to change the course of events, to change the atmosphere of what I'm allowing in my life. Love that casts out, perfect love that casts out fear because it's always trust, always hopes, always perseveres, and a sound mind that can distinguish what is the lie from the enemy and what is the truth of God. So we have the ability to do that. Because God was trying to show us during this time that over time, our perceptions, the whispers of the enemy can become more real than the reality of what is taking place in our life. See, as long as we sit in fear, licking our wounds, listening to the lies of the enemy, we won't step into the de destiny and the purpose that God has for us. And that's where the enemy wants to keep you because faith, my husband always says, faith is the antidote for fear. But what I love is that graduated faith is trust because faith is a result of our encounter with God, but trust goes so much farther. Trust is a result of his reputation. It's a result of our relationship with him. So while faith is the antidote to fear, graduated faith is trust. So God wants to take you on a journey from faith to trust in your life because it's in the blindness and our inability to see what is next that God uses to teach us to declare, I trust you, God. I trust you with everything because God is calling us to live by faith and not by sight. He tells us that in 2 Corinthians 5, 7. See, are you comprehending and grasping this today? That you have an ability. I don't know what kept you home today. I don't know what your circumstances are. For me, it was a bat that got thrown out from things that I did overexerted, overdid things, but I'm going to use it to kick the devil in the face. You see, there's moments we have to decide. Life isn't happening to me. It's bringing me to a place of decision, of rising up to let the roar inside of me out. See, I recently learned that sometimes we're afraid of what will happen if shadows temporarily surround us. But we often fear difficulties. We often fear uncertainty, seemingly impossible situations or circumstances or devastating illnesses, personal loss or challenging financial situations. We, we 
fear, all of those things, but we live in a fallen world. I think that's something that we need to understand. Just because we are Christians does not make us immune to this fallen world that we live in. That sometimes we face hard things, but what it shows us is we can do hard things. That we're not fragile. That we're not, you know, in, without what we need. See, we live in a fallen world, and in knowing that, we have to realize that sometimes we will find ourselves in dark places. Sometimes we will find ourselves surrounded by the darkness, whether it's of our own doing through a sinful choices, because sometimes those bring on things. Sometimes our own choices. Sometimes we're always blaming the enemy when sometimes we made choices that lead us into the darkness. But whether it's from our own choices or through a spiritual attack, or maybe it's just life that happens. Sometimes everything's not a spiritual attack. Sometimes life just happens. But what are you going to do with what happens? Are you going to give into it, lay down and give up? Or are you going to rise up and bring glory to God through it? See, darkness and difficulties are inevitable in our life at times. But look what John 16, 33 says. It says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. See, for all of us out there who grew up thinking if we are in Christ that we're never going to have trouble, God pretty much puts that to rest. He says, in this world, you will have trouble. But I love what he says next. He says, but take heart. I overcame the world. And if he can overcome and he lives in me, then I can certainly overcome as well. See, life will have shadows in it. There will be moments of darkness where the shadows loom over you. But look at one of my favorite, all-time favorite scriptures, and I've used it on here before. Psalm 23, it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though, see, so many times we leave the even off. We say, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. No, even though it's going to happen, even when I walk through it, not if I walk through it, even when, even though I know it will happen at some point. So even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me, God. You are with me. Your rod and your staff, they come from me. You know what? I went on to read that scripture. And so many times we don't read the rest of that scripture. Because we think, though I walk through the valley of shadow death, I will fear no evil. The rod and the staff, they come from me. We read that part because we're, we are acknowledging we're in the shadow of death. Isn't that how we read that scripture, really? We read it as an acknowledgement that that is our lot in life. But what we don't realize is what it says before that, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Okay, I may walk through the valley of shadow of death, but I'm not going to want. I'm not going to be harmed. He makes me in that shadow able to lie down in green pastures. He allows me to be led by still waters. But can I tell you that it goes on after that? The Bible tells us, even though I walk through the valley of shadow death, here's what God does for me while I'm walking through the valley of shadow death. It says that I will have protection. He tells me, you're not going to be harmed. 
he comforts me. If you go on to read that scripture, he, he protects me, he comforts me, he prepares a feast for me in front of my enemies. I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death. There's a lot of shadows in there. There's a lot of people who would like to harm me. There's a lot of circumstances and situations, but he, you know what he's going to do? He's going to prepare me a feast in front of those enemies. He anoints my head with oil. He overflows my life with blessings and goodness and unfailing love pursues me. You know, so many times when we're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, we're afraid of the shadows that are pursuing us. But that scripture actually says that goodness and mercy pursues me all the days of my life. So instead of being afraid of the shadows, maybe I should be thinking about the goodness and the unfailing love that is trailing behind me, pursuing me every day of my life. And he says, I will live in the presence of God all the days of my life. So you know what? If the shadows of death are going to come, if the, the shadows of fear, the shadows of anxiety are going to come, you know what? That's okay. Because the Bible tells me I'm going to be okay. I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it to the other side. See, life will have those shadows in it. And when the shadows come, don't lie down and give up in the middle of it. It's what I, I said this earlier this week in the, the tweet or the, the Instagram post. If life brings you lemons, if the devil throws lemons in your life, don't make lemonade. Don't settle. Don't accept it like it's just part of life. Throw them back and demand an espresso. I want the full-on espresso life adventure with God. I want it to be full of abundance and provision. See, don't lie down and give up. Get moving and keep walking. Don't set up camp and definitely don't build a life there. Don't build a life in the middle of the valley of shadow of death. See, because this is what I know. Darkness will come. Darkness has come at different points in my life. But here's what the Bible says in John 1, 5. I love this scripture. It says the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. The light will always shine in the darkness. The light is always there, ready to burst forth in the darkness. See, God's light is always there, but there are times when life circumstances keep us from being able to see it, and it will shadow, and we have to keep moving, pushing through in order to reach the light that God has for us. See, I'll never forget Pat writes about in the book, um, in Restore the Roar. Pat uh, writes this story in the book because when Nate was a child, he would have moments where he would wake up in the middle of the night and he would see shadows and he would think something was in his closet or something was, you know, around the corner, you know, different things, you know, be afraid of the dark. And so Pat had this brilliant idea. My husband is brilliant. He had this brilliant idea. He took just this regular, you know, white um, uh, spray bottle. And on the spray bottle, he literally wrote with a Sharpie, Holy Spirit spray. And so every time Nate would wake up in the middle of the night uh, afraid, Pat would walk into the room with the Holy Spirit spray, and he'd say, where do you see a shadow, Nate? And Nate would say, over there, Daddy. You know, I see a shadow over by the closet. Pat would walk over and spray the Holy Spirit, say, see, Nate, the Holy Spirit drives out the shadows, drives out the darkness. They're over there, Daddy, under my bed. And Pat would go over with the Holy Spirit spray, and he would spray under the bed, and, and he'd say, see, Nate, the Holy Spirit clears out all of the fear. 
and Nate would be able to fall asleep. Now we probably molded, mildewed a little bit of our carpet, <laughs> but what God wants to know, we were trying to teach our son at a very young age that all he has to do is depend on God. All he has to do is call on God. All he has to do is to allow the Holy Spirit to come in and bring peace into his life. See, some of us need some Holy Spirit spray in our lives. Some of us need to apply the presence of God into our lives. See, because Nate was afraid in those moments, but he had to understand that he could call on God. See, here's what I have learned. I have learned three things. And the first thing is that shadows cannot hurt you. Did you know that? They're just a shadow. They can't hurt you. A shadow, even if it falls across you, it can't hurt you. The second thing is shadows appear bigger than their source. You can have a small child walking down the sidewalk, but their shadow casts such a large shadow. Or a, an animal that may be around the corner and their shadow casts like such a large figure that we're terrified of what might come out. But then with us, we walk around the corner, it's just our tiny little Yorkie. <laughs> shadows are bigger than their source. And the third thing is where there is a shadow, there is always light. So if you're facing shadows, you have to know that there is light that's there. And here are three ways. I'm going to talk to you real quick about three ways you can defeat the shadows in your life. And the first one, the first way to defeat the shadows in your life is so simple. Turn the light on. And you may be sitting there saying, Karen, okay, it's not that simple, but it really is. The Bible tells us it's as simple as turning the light on. Because look at Psalm 18, 29 through 42. It tells us, I, this scripture, and it's in the Message Bible. I love the Message Bible because it's so plain. I love the Passion Translation. You know, I, I love always reading all the different translations and to see like how they apply. But here's what it says in the Message Bible. It says, suddenly God, you floodlight my life. You want to cast out the shadows? Let God floodlight your life. Because when his light turns on, everything has to flee. It says, God, you floodlight my life. I'm blazing with glory. God's glory. I smash the band of marauders, which just means attackers. Trust me, I had to look it up. I smash the band of marauders. I vault the highest fence. What a God. His road stretches straight and smooth. Every God direction is road tested. And everyone who runs towards him makes it. So some of you may be walking through some valleys. Well, there's some big old shadows. But everyone who runs to God will make it. Turn on the light. Turn on the floodlight of God. See, God is life. He birthed light. He gave birth to the light and says that in Genesis 1-2 that God spoke. He breathed. The breathing room. He breathed and light burst forth out of the darkness. His shadow is the only one that matters. See, Psalm 63, 6-7 says, I lie awake at night thinking of you and reflecting on how you helped me like a father. He is a father that is always there. I sing through the night under your splendor shadow. 
See, so many of us are so afraid of the shadows the enemy's casting, we forget that God's shadow is a place of protection. It says, I sing through the night under your splendor shadow, offering up to you my songs of delight and joy. So in his shadow, I can sing, I can praise, I can worship, I can lift my voice in a triumphant melody. See, there's a moment in his shadow where all fear is cast out. And see, the second thing you can do to cast out the shadows is restore the roar of praise in your life. So the first one, you know what, just turn on the light. And the second one, restore the roar of praise. It drives out the enemy. Praise and worship is my nerve pill. Praise and worship is my sanity. When I praise God, when I praise him for what he has done, when I praise him what he hasn't yet done, when I praise him for just who he is, when I lift up my voice and sing to him, he inhabits the praises of his people. You want the God light to flood your life, then begin to lift up a worship and a praise to his name. See, when I got the cancer diagnosis, there were times where all we could do was wake up in the morning. I had no words. I had no answers. There were moments when darkness and discouragement and fear would try to overtake me, but it was on those mornings that I lifted up a louder praise. That Pat and I would walk into our kitchen, talk to the, I hate to say it because she goes off when I say it, the elect, and we would tell her to play worship, and we would ask her to play surrounded by elevation worship, and we would pray, sing, surrounded. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you because we may be surrounded by shadows of darkness, but when God surrounds us, that is all we need. And we would pray that this is how I fight my battles, by praising, by worshiping. And we would sing that. And there was even a moment after I was healed that we were at the beach just a week, I think, after I was healed. And that song that we had been singing throughout the entire diagnosis we were at our condo at the beach, and a, a group of women from a church was outside our condo. The only people on the beach, they were the only people with tiki torches lit and a fire down there, all standing around the fire singing, this is how I fight my battles. Because it's in the worship, it's in the praise, it's in the lifting up of his holy name that his, his presence draws near to you. And it was as if God was giving us a kiss saying, this is where I'm at in the midst of your worship. In the midst of that, I'm giving you a kiss to say you're going to be okay. See, we would turn on that, sound, that song. But see, 2 Corinthians 20, 22 says, At the very moment that they began to sing and give praise, the Lord caused the armies of Amnon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting amongst themselves. Did you know that the praise and worship that you lift up to God will literally send the enemy into chaos and confusion and he won't know what to do and he'll begin to fight against himself and be destroyed because praise and worship sends confusion into the, the enemy's camp. And the third way to defeat the shadows is take authority over the shadows. Do you not realize that you have authority over the shadows that loom in your life? Ephesians 6.12 proves it. It says, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits. But the great thing is that our weapons aren't natural either. It says our weapons, the Bible tells us, our weapons aren't carnal. 
our weapons aren't natural. We're fighting against a spiritual battle in the heavenlies, but we have weapons that are not of this world, that is not in the flesh. It says they're not carnal, and we learned it in 2 Corinthians 10, 3-5, and our weapons are God weapons for pulling down strongholds, for tearing down imaginations, that we have the tools, the weapons to fight the enemy, because so often we try to fight in the natural, the shadows that are looming in the supernatural. But how about we start fighting on the right battlefield, on the battlefield of the mind, on the battlefield of the supernatural in heavenly places, that we can fight in the supernatural with our Holy Spirit spray. See, some shadows are spiritual and demonic forces of darkness sent on assignment from the enemy to destroy our peace and deter our destiny. But God has given us every weapon that we need to defeat him. God has given us authority over the enemy. Look at Luke 10, 19 through 20. It says, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, don't rejoice that the spirits submit to you. Just rejoice that your names are written in heaven. See, we focus so much on the negative. Let's focus on the fact that our names are written in heaven. It's written and we have a place with Christ. See, in, in Colossians 2.15, the apostle Paul tells us that Jesus himself did this very thing. It says, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them by the cross. He already triumphed for us. See, it's time to realize that darkness may be all around us, and you might just have to realize that the darkness all around you sometimes just might be the shadow of his wings protecting you in the cleft of the rock, protecting you from things that the enemy would be sending your way. See, do you know that you can reside in the presence of God and create a breathing room for the breath of God to flow in your life, in your home, in your marriage, with your kids, that you are sheltered safely under the wings of the Almighty? I love what Psalm 91.1 says, those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. See, we're fearing the shadows of the enemies, but God's shadow brings protection and rest. Psalm 17, 8 says, keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wings. I can hide in his shadow. But see, can I ask you today, what shadows are looming in your life? What shadows are lurking around the corner? And how are those shadows deterring and distracting you from your God encounter and your destiny? See, sometimes when I think of a shadow, I, I think of Groundhog's Day because I think how sad of an existence is that of the groundhog? I mean, all we talk about is how fearful he is. But every year, the groundhog comes out, pokes its little head cautiously out of his little prison of fear that we call a burrow. But he eases out ever so slowly and looks and listens for danger as if always expecting that danger is imminent. Do you live your life like that? Because then to his expected horror, his expected fear, he sees this big, black, spooky, scary shadow looming in front of him just like he expected. 
And what does he do? He vanishes and he's gone as quickly as he appeared. His shadow sent him fleeing back to the safety of his comfort of his prison den. And he just goes in there and hides all because he saw a shadow. And of course the old wives tell, tells us that we have six weeks more of winter. Ugh. <laughs> but he lives in constant fear of the shadows that cannot harm him. See, I love sunny days, which is why I love the sun. I love the sun shining on me, which is probably why the beach is my happy place. So I think it's crazy to let a little shadow ruin the day. And that's the, the way I want to approach life in the spirit. See, but it occurs to me how many times have I retreated from life, from opportunity, from freedom and purpose and joy just because I was afraid of the shadow called uncertainty or insecurity or the unknown. Some of you are shrinking back because you just don't, you have the fear of the unknown. But see, perhaps our fears are completely unfounded, just like the groundhogs. See, I think sometimes that our unfounded, illogical, absurd fears, which are just really ploys of the enemy, are there to deter us from our purpose and our destiny and prevent us from becoming and being who God has created us to be the lions that we are called to be. See, we're called to defeat, overcome, conquer the spirit of fear in our life by the breath and the power of God. See, what might you do today? I want to ask you that question. What might you do? What might you accomplish? And what might you conquer? in your life today, if you allowed the roar of God's breath to rise up inside of you, if you allowed that to rise up inside of you today, might you leave a legacy for your family that would literally change the course of events and lead your family to hope and freedom and peace and purpose and integrity and obedience to Christ? Might you live a life of purpose if you were to to be, defeat the shadows in your life? See, would you lead a movement that would restore the place of encounter in your life for you, for your family, for your community, for your generations to come and to ignite a holy fire that could not be quenched for generation after generation? If you would just defeat the shadows in your life. See, sometimes I think about the poem by uh, Robert Frost. I know that's not very spiritual, but you know what? I love reading i love and i think about this well-known poem it says two roads diverge in a wood and i i took the one less traveled by and that has made all the difference but have you ever thought about the fact that the road less traveled is less traveled for a reason it's because it's scary it's because it's unknown it's because there are shadows there that you can't see the outcome it's because that road has not been paved. It's not well-worn. People haven't gone before you. People, maybe your, your family has been uh, just been attacked by the same things for generation after generation. Maybe alcoholism, maybe abuse, maybe drug abuse, maybe early death in your family. Maybe your family has been plagued by things for generation after generation. Maybe it's time for you to take the road less traveled to go to a place that no one else has ventured to in order to see the freedom. 
See, for a good portion of my life, I hid just like that little child hiding under the sheets, hiding under the blanket for fear of what might be out there. Until recent years, I spent a lot of my time clinging to the safe path because when I consider the alternative, all I could see were shadows and monsters of uncertainty. I wouldn't step out to do things I knew I was called to do. I wouldn't step out to create the breathing room. I wouldn't step out to write a book about conquering fear. For so much of my life, I stepped back rather than stepping forward because of the shadows that would haunt me. See, the common road is well-traveled because, I mean, let's be honest, seriously, who wants to take a path that hasn't been cleared and led, leads to who knows where or who knows what? But just possibly it leads to freedom. See, I think that many of you watching today are feeling as though you are walking through the valley of the shadow of death and that there's shadows all around you right now. Maybe that's why you stayed home. Maybe you thought that was the easy path. Maybe you thought that was the safe path. Dealing maybe with devastating diagnoses, battling a serious illness, or grieving the loss of a loved one. Or maybe you're grieving the loss of dreams and hopes that you once had. You know, I don't know what you tuned in today for, but perhaps your valley full of depression, discouragement, financial crisis, maybe your valley's full of looming shadows of divorce and discouragement and fear of failure. But can I tell you, according to God's word, we need not fear the shadows. See, as you go through the valley of the shadows, be encouraged by this verse, Psalm 63, 7 through 8. And the, the, um, it literally says, because you have been my help, therefore in the shadow of your wings, I will rejoice. I love that. Don't you love Therefore in the shadow of your wings, God, I'm going to rejoice. My soul, this part is the part that I love. It says, my soul clings hard to you. I'm not just kind of holding on, you know, oh, like I'm just going to go along for the ride. No, I'm clinging hard to his presence. I'm clinging hard to his, the shadow of his presence. I'm not letting go. I'm not going to fall back. I'm not going to be lost in the shadow. I'm going to cling to the shadow of God and I'm going to cling to it with all of my life. It says your right hand upholds me. See, sometimes I want to tell you this, and I want you to get this today, because sometimes it's not about finding the path with no shadows. Sometimes it's not about finding the path of less resistance. Sometimes it's not about finding the safe, comfortable path with no shadows. Sometimes it's about finding the one to whom your soul can cling hard to in order to find the glorious light. That's what it's about. See, maybe some of you are saying there's got to be more today for me. There's got to be more than what I've settled for. There's got to be more than what I've come to know as normal in my life. Something deeper, something more meaningful and powerful than the safe, comfortable road that you have chosen in order to avoid the hard places that will re require you to go to a deeper place in God. And some of you, in choosing that safer route, it's left you empty and wanting and dissatisfied in your life. And God's calling you to something more today. See, you may not have tuned in expecting this today, but God's calling you deeper 
to go beyond the borders that you placed around yourself. See, maybe your safe places begin to feel too comfortable, a little too uncomfortable at times. And you begin to believe that there just might be someplace better. Maybe the safe road isn't perfect, but you've bought into the lies that it's where the relevant people in culture live. I don't care about being relative. I care about being in the presence of God. See, maybe you've been comfortable and it's comfortable in that place of safety. And at least you might be surviving there. But don't you want to do more than survive? See, some of you may be thinking, I can't stay here where I am anymore. I can't stay in the same place anymore. But I'm not sure that I can go there. The place, the road less traveled. It's too scary. It's too unfamiliar for me. See, maybe that road terrifies you, stepping out into total abandonment and trusting God. See, but maybe that's what the Israelites thought. See, maybe that's what they were thinking in Numbers 13 and 14 when 10 of the 12 spies came back from Canaan, the land of milk and honey, with stories of giants and fortified cities. Maybe that's how they felt because they heard the word giants and they were immediately terrified. They were afraid. They were so afraid that they longed for the oppression of the Egyptians. How many of us have been so afraid to step out into our purpose, to step out into our destiny because the shadows that are looming, the giants in our life, that we would literally choose the oppression that the enemy has over us instead of the freedom that's on the other side of that. See, we have to get to a place because they, they chose, they wanted to choose the oppression of the Egyptians when Joshua and Caleb, the two spies that really trusted God, had reminded them that they could step out to receive the promises of God that he has already gone before them, that he was going to give them the land, that the shadows in the land, the giants, were just that. They were just shadows. That God had already given them. See, while they there may have been giants in the land, the giants did not have God on their side. I have God on my side. So when I get diagnosis, when I get things that come against me, yeah, it's scary. Yeah, it's disheartening. Yeah, it might be discouraging. Throwing my back out was not convenient. It's painful. But I've got God on my side. I can make it through. I can go to the other side. See, their fear would mean that an entire generation would miss out on the promised land. Their fear would keep them from the abundant life that God meant for them. God wants an abundant life for you. They saw giants instead of their inheritance. God had given them an inheritance, but all they could see was the shadows. All they could see was the giants. See, they probably even thought, as I've thought at times in my life, if this is my inheritance, then shouldn't it be easy? If this is my inheritance, there shouldn't be any struggle involved, right? And there certainly should be no valley of the shadow of death. But see, what if, just what if, the scariest road of full of shadows is the only road that leads to your promised land? Are you willing to walk through it? Are you willing to walk past the shadows that loom? and realize they have no hold on you? 
in order to get to the promised land. This was the only way to their promised land. See, what if the Israelites had just remembered who God is? He had split the Red Sea and swallowed up their enemies in it. What are a few giants? What are a few shadows? God had literally split the sea. God had literally parted the sea for them. Oh, there's just a few shadows over there. There's just a few giants. We got this because God goes before us. See, what if they just remembered that God had spoken to them when he brought them out of Egypt in Exodus 6, 8. And he said, I will bring you to the land which I have swore to you, swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and I will give it to you for a possession. I am the Lord. He had already promised it. God is not a man that he should lie. So if he had already told them, I'm going to give you this land that I promised that your forefathers, I've given you this land. So who cares if there's giants in the way? Who cares if there's shadows between me and my miracle? Shadows between me and my healing? Shadows between me and my restoration of marriage? Shadows between me and my lost child coming home? I can walk through the shadows. I can walk past the giants in order to take my promise. Because God has already given it to me. He's already told me it's mine for the taking. See, sometimes we have to turn on the God light and listen to his voice and take him by the hand and realize that with him, the shadows are just that, shadows. That's the truth about shadows. And their purpose is merely to strike fear in us in order to deter us from our purpose and our destiny and our destination. See, how about you today? You're sitting on here. How about you? Are you willing to miss out on your promises just because the shadowy, less traveled road looks scary and uncertain? Don't do it. Don't hold back. See, maybe the shadows are just that shadows. And maybe, just maybe, God and I, God and you, are going to slay those shadows and those giants today. Maybe today the victory's been given to you. Or maybe I will learn to live courageously and victoriously in the face of the shadows and the giants. See, maybe God's wanting to awaken. Fear is not the absence of courage. We talk about that in this book. But fear is courage waiting to be awakened. It's the embryo of courage. It's where courage is birthed, not giving in to the shadows. See, all I know is this today, and I'm closing. All I know is this, that if I stay in the safe, well-worn, well-paved, comfortable path, always afraid of the shadows looming around me, I will avoid the giants. I will avoid the shadows but I will remain dry and empty and not living the abundant life that God has for me. Or I can take God by the hand, face the shadows, turn the light on, restore my roar of praise, and take authority over the shadows in my life so that I might live an abundant life of provision and freedom that I have never known before. Do you want that today? See, get ready because when God floodlights your life, he may just reveal 
the treasures that have been hidden in the darkness all along. Did you know that? Some of you, God has treasures hidden in the darkness for you. But you've been too afraid of the shadows to reach out and receive them. Isaiah 45, 3 says, I will give you treasures hidden in the darkness. Secret riches. I will do this so that you may know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel, the one who calls you by name. He knows your name. He sees you. Some of you feel lost and lonely, abandoned, forsaken. You feel like God doesn't even see you. God says right here, I know you by name. And this darkness you may feel all around you just might be the shadows of my wings. And I have treasures hidden inside the darkness for you. Just turn on the light so that you can see what I have prepared for you. Just turn on the God light. See, I want you today to allow God to create a masterpiece of freedom in you. So the world can see his light as well as the depth of relationship that he desires to have with us. A depth that sometimes comes through the shadows of life that we don't run from, but we run through with him. See, I want you to know today, there's some of you who stayed home today because you may not have been able to get to church. Maybe you didn't have your car broke down. Maybe, you know, someone was sick. Maybe you're facing uh, a diagnosis. But some of you may have stayed home because it was the easy route. No shadows in your way. Whatever your reason, I want you to know that the truth about shadows is that God's shadow is so much bigger. And he loves you. He cares for you. And if you will turn on the light, restore your praise, and take authority through Christ. But can I tell you, some of you are sitting there today. The first thing you have to do in order to turn on the God light, restore your praise, and take authority is to say, God, I give you my heart. So some of you might be sitting out there. Maybe you've turned away from God. Maybe you're running from God. Maybe you once had that relationship and you don't have that now. Maybe you've never, ever experience that relationship before and you think I want that I need that in my life that's the missing link that's what I've been missing all of this time can I tell you all you have to do is say God forgive me forgive me for walking alone trying to do it in my own strength and I receive you as my Lord and Savior I welcome you into my heart and I give you my life Refresh me, restore me, heal me, live in my life so that I may have that freedom that Karen talked about today. And when you do that, when he enters into your life, he floodlights your life. The shadows of past failures fade away so that you can step into the spotlight of who God has created you to be. So whatever's holding you back, maybe it's you're holding back from reaching out to a lost loved one. Maybe you're holding out to pursuing the dreams that God's placed in your heart. Maybe you're holding out on forgiving someone to restore a relationship because of the shadows of things of the past that have haunted you. I'm telling you right now, reach out, take hold of God's hand, and ask him to floodlight your life. 
and then begin to praise him today. Allow him to come in and to hide you in the shadow of his wings to bring freedom. Father, I just pray right now that you will touch every person watching today, that you will bring healing to their bodies, that you will bring healing to their minds, that you'll bring healing to their hearts and their spirits. Lord, if there's any that are at home today that are battling sickness, let your healing oil flow over them. Bring healing to their bodies, their spines, their minds, their ligaments, their tendons. Let their, if there's cancer, Lord, I pray that every cancer cell will be cast out in Jesus' name. If they're battling depression, I pray that you give them a sound mind to hear your voice calling them out of the darkness and into your glorious light. If they're battling anger or unforgiveness, Lord, I pray that your light of love will shine down on them and bring freedom and healing through forgiveness, that you'll bring peace. Isaiah 26, 3 says, I will give perfect peace to those whose minds are stayed on me who trust me. And Lord, I pray that you allow them to trust you today, to walk in your freedom and purpose and destiny. You know what? If you're walking through what may seem like the shadow of death and the, in the lonely places, just allow God to take you by the hand because there is always light in the darkness. He is the light and he will open your eyes to see where the freedom is and how to get to it. Love you guys. You guys are amazing. I'm so honored to be able to share today with you and to have this moment today, even though it was brought on by a back issue. But I want you to now create a place for the presence of God to flow, the breath of God. And let's defeat fear with the breath and the power of God. Share, share, share. If you haven't ordered your book, go to RestoreTheRoarBook.com. Get this book because it really will give you truths to lead you into the freedom of God. Love you guys. Have a great day. Talk to you soon.